Supply chain fraud is costing companies billions of dollars a year. What can they do about it? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Fraud has been a curse of the business world from the very start. Recently, though, the problem has become much more serious. As companies reach out to suppliers and manufacturers around the world, they're finding it tougher to keep tabs on the activities of their partners. There's more data out there than ever before, so the possibility of fraud becomes greater and the time it takes to detect misbehavior grows. One modern-day solution to the problem of fraud is the use of sophisticated analytics. My guest today, John Joseph, Vice President of Product Marketing with LavaStorm, talks about how the approach can help companies to set up the right metrics, monitor for compliance, and take action when something appears to be out of the norm. He also lays out some of the major ways that your company may be at risk, both internally and in its doings with outside partners. So here is my conversation with John Joseph. John Joseph, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bob. Good to be here. So we're going to talk about analytics and how they can be used to detect and prevent supply chain fraud specifically. But I want to start first by asking you, what do we mean these days when we use that term, analytics? Or what do you mean specifically? Well, it's a great question because I think analytics is becoming much more pervasive and is touching a lot more parts of organizations and it's touching it in many different ways. And I think as a, as a result of that, the definition of analytics is, is much broader than you might anticipate. So when we talk about analytics, we're really talking about any sort of data-driven decision. And it starts with bringing together different kinds of data, uh, looking at it in a variety of different techniques, and then making a decision based on that. So it doesn't mean uh, a scientist in their back office uh, playing with heavy statistical models. That's certainly an element of it, but it can be actually much more simple than that. And, and when we talk about uh, analytics and supply chain, some of the real critical analytics are just comparing uh, uh, expected results to results that, uh, that uh, you actually achieved. So it can be very, uh, very basic from that sense. Is there an extent to which we are simply renaming an old process, or is there something about current technology that gives it a new, a new spin? Well, I think that a lot has changed over the years, and primarily uh, I would say that the major trend is that we have a lot more data to look at. It's coming from a lot more places, so it might be coming not just from within your own company, but certainly from external parties, your partners, your supply chain partners. It could be coming from third-party data providers. It could be coming from the government. So things have gotten a lot more complex. And, uh, and, and in that sense, the, the, the task of doing analytics has become uh, much more challenging from a data perspective. But I think there's also great advances that have made this much more approachable even to the 
the frontline managers, things that enable self-service so that they can do things themselves, either pull together data themselves from these different places or just analyze it themselves. So although the, the challenge has been there forever, the, the look and the complexity of it has certainly changed over the last few years. All right. So now that we've nailed down that term, the other term I want to nail down for purposes of this discussion about fraud is the term fraud. What types of fraud are we speaking about that can, to which analytics can be applied? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, I, so fraud can come in many different ways. And when we think about fraudsters, we think about them as being business people trying to game the system, and, and they can be very determined to come up with new ways to find loopholes in the systems that are out there. But in general, uh, I think it's helpful to look at fraud in, in really two major categories. One is fraud through your, through your suppliers themselves, and then there's a heavy uh, emphasis as well on internal resources, what's happening within your company. It might be that uh, the relationship between the supplier and someone within your company has some issues, either compliance issues or fraudulent activity. And it also could be that once those uh, materials and things like that enter your organization, that there could also be fraud. So we kind of look at that as part of the supply chain fraud as well, what happens to it as it flows from one part of your business to another, because that could also include uh, actions that involve uh, people outside of, of your company and coming out and back into your company several times over. So upstream fraud on the supplier side, internal fraud. What about downstream toward the customer? Are there also some concerns there? Well, on, on the sales side, there could also be uh, could be fraudulent activity there, too. Um, we, we haven't seen that quite as much, but I suppose, uh, you know, the same rules apply there. So you could have um, uh, a fraudulent uh, activity, false sales, uh, not actually delivering products, et cetera, that could also be, uh, could be part of the equation that you want to check for. Now, you've worked with some big companies in this area, and I'm wondering, based on your current work, do you see an increase in the prevalence of fraud in the supply chain right now? It's hard to tell, to be honest, um, but I think that we're much more aware. But I think this is definitely one of those situations where it may have been there uh, many times over, um, but we weren't quite as aware of, of uh, the situation because we didn't have the sensing capability that we do today or the analytic capability that we do today. But certainly as, as supply chains have gotten more fragmented, as there's more people involved with each part of the process, whether it is you know, upstream, inside the company, and downstream, uh, there's the opportunity for someone to take advantage of a situation where no one is necessarily looking over their shoulder. So the, the risks have increased. Uh, but it's hard to quantify whether we've actually seen more fraud today than we did in the past. One would think that the growing complexity and geographic scope of supply chains over the last couple of decades would have given rise to at least the possibility of a greater incidence of fraud. Sure. I, I, I would not argue against that uh, whatsoever. I just don't have any data to support that. But it does seem likely that that is, uh, is the case. Certainly the risks have gone up. And, you know, it, because you're controlling less, uh, you're further distant from your suppliers and the people involved in this chain, uh, that, uh, that if something does go uh, awry, that it could be a, a lot longer before you actually detect it, notice it, and, and can close it off. So certainly the risks are much higher than they've ever been before. 
You mentioned a number of different places where fraud can take place in the supply chain today. Does any one of them stand out to you as being a particular area, a particularly problematic area today? I would say that uh, it's really across the board. Um, We see things where there's certainly financial fraud, uh, where there is material fraud, people losing track of of materials as they navigate. You know, so I I think that uh, the risks are significant no matter... Uh, no matter what area you look in, um, and it, it really comes back to, to installing good practices for for monitoring, checking, and for uh, for just detecting, uh, uh, making sure that your your organization is on track with with your scheduled plan, and that that's really key to, uh, to getting your arms around the fraudulent activity that could be happening. Okay, well, let's talk about how that can be done, because analytics can be applied to just any number of supply chain processes, but I, I want to talk about how it specifically relates to fraud. So can you address that? To what, to, to what extent are analytics being applied to possibilities of fraud, and how? Give us some initial, some initial observations and steps in that area. Let me give you a, a scenario. So um, you, you could have a situation where a supplier uh, has a cozy relationship with one of your purchasers, and there's some falsification of invoices, and maybe a lack of delivery of those. Uh, maybe you're buying raw materials. Let's say it's uh, uh, cardboard boxes uh, that that you need for your delivery process, or something like that. If you are uh, acquiring those uh, materials, it may not be something super sexy that anybody's going to pay a lot of attention to. It may not be a huge uh, line item on your your overall cost of, of delivery, but it, as a result, the purchaser may not think that anyone's looking and uh, may, may actually falsify the invoice. So instead of uh, indicating that they're purchasing $50,000 worth of supplies, they indicate that they are... Uh, acquiring $100,000 worth of supplies. As a result, the payment goes to the supplier, and maybe they cut the deal to split the profits on the back end, but what gets delivered to the company is actually a smaller amount of material. And if no one is sort of cross-checking between what's delivered, what was ordered, uh, who was involved in that process, there's the opportunity for something to go awry, like I said, and for someone to profit based on that. And if it's a, a something that is not the most visible item in, in the chain, uh, there's, there's probably the higher risk that that could be uh, exploited because, again, uh, there's the opportunity that no one is really looking or checking for that particular type of, of infraction. Or the possibility of just kickbacks to, uh, for uh, a purchaser who's favoring a particular supplier. That's correct. I mean, some of those things are not all uh, available to us to check in terms of data analytics. It all starts with having access to data. And uh, if we, if this is a cash payment that's somehow done uh, un- under the covers, it's more difficult to track because that can be something that's done with personal bank accounts and they may not be accessible to us to analyze that kind of thing. Um, but certainly, um, certainly, if that is within the scope of data that we can collect and, and digest, uh, then we can add additional checks to see if someone's income uh, and savings look like they're outpacing 
their salary from the company, for instance. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then tell me a little bit more about how analytics can reveal some of these uh, misdeeds. How how do you uncover that in in an organization? One critical way to do that is to establish metrics of what you expect to take place. So, for instance, if we look at an internal use case, uh, if, a, if there's a manufacturer of equipment and part of the equipment requires special materials to be used, like gold, for instance, obviously a high-valued material, something that is uh, valuable to uh, employees to take and maybe reappropriate. If we have an expectation of how much gold is supposed to be used, given the order level and the production level that the manufacturer is, is uh, experiencing, then we should be able to track back and identify the amount of gold that we would expect to use within that period of time. And so if we establish a metric like that for the expected level of, of material use, then we can establish a, a process to monitor the, the material purchasing and the material use and the material inventory to see if anything goes out of whack with those results. And if we start to see that one thing is out of line with another, it may mean that there's a compliance issue. It may not necessarily mean fraud. It could just mean that um, uh, we have a sloppy process and materials are not where they're supposed to be. It may mean that they're not being tracked appropriately. In the worst case, it means that someone is potentially stealing those materials. So the, the key thing is establishing a metric that you of what you expect and then tracking the actual data there and how it's being used. And if we find things that are out of expected variations, uh, that's a red flag that somebody should do further investigation and, and uh, get to the root of the problem. And the way to uncover a false invoice? Talk a little bit more about that. In the false invoice, you can establish, again, the, uh, the, the tying the invoice amount to the expected uh, uh, level of supplies that you expect to be delivered versus the actual levels of supplies that are delivered, uh, the time frame that is delivered, etc. Again, looking for mismatches in the expected value versus what is actually taking place within the company. And again, if there are mismatches there, it may indicate a uh, delay in shipments, but it also may indicate that those materials are never going to make their way to to the company. And certainly, um, if you see payments that don't match up with commissions, for instance, commissions that are actually paid versus rules and, and uh, expected commission levels that are part of longstanding contracts, if there's a mismatch between those things, that also could mean that there's some internal fraud. So we're really talking about expected levels of, of uh, behavior versus actuals. And there's many of these throughout the organization that you can track. Um, so it becomes, the, the, the challenge becomes, how do you measure all of these parameters and also continuously monitor all of the actuals so that you can flag the ones that are uh, out, of, out of your expected level of variation? Anything out of the norm is something that requires a further investigation and identification of a root cause. Who within an organization should be charged with that task? Is there a particular individual who should be doing exactly what you just described, or is it a department, uh, or who, who you know, who exactly? 
What we see is that things are changing a little bit. So typically it's a, an auditing function has been involved. It could be an internal audit function or um, someone on the financial side looking at this. But what we see is that there's, there's a, a benefit to pushing this kind of monitoring and risk management behavior out to different parts of the organization, you know, out to purchasing. Uh, out to deeper parts of the financial organization, out to the operations people. Uh, the benefit of doing that is that it's it's closer to the, the actual business process. And things that uh, may be out of whack are more obvious to those people than someone who's two steps removed from the business process. So it's becoming much more of a, a, a team effort with specialization based on the industry or process knowledge that you might have uh, related to that particular problem. Your solution provides a collection of predefined alarm rules. Could you talk a little bit more about what those are and how they are developed? We actually have a combination of things. So I'm going to break out for a second because um, for supply chain, we don't have predefined levels. I just want so should I answer the question that way? We actually have for other types of fraud, we do have predefined levels, um, but for supply chain, we, we don't. But you need to have, I think you did suggest you need to have some kind of triggers or something that sets off concern within an organization, some sort of exception or something that kind of wakes up the organization to the extent that something might be wrong, right? So to, to some extent, Correct. that that is built into the uh, into the system. We actually have a uh, analytics platform that is very flexible and highly configurable. We can track any metric that you would like to monitor as part of a, a KPI risk management process. So there's really highly flexible um, in terms of the definition of the parameters that you want to monitor, and um, and and we have some expertise that we can uh, provide on that. But it really does start with something that's tailored to your particular business need. Is there some kind of a dashboard that all of this comes out on to helps you to manage the, the solution? Certainly, that's a, that can be a key part of, uh, of the overall solution. I think if I, if I take a step back and, and describe it, it would be um, uh, really helpful because I think one thing that is, is really unique about this approach is that we can establish these key metrics. Maybe you're, there's an expected mean that you would expect on a monthly basis. We expect that material usage uh, for that gold that I mentioned would be uh, 30,000 pounds of gold. But if we vary away from that by a certain amount, and that level can be tailored to your particular risk profile or or just your particular process might be, uh, you know, not able to measure that in, in, in uh, a certain level of detail, we can tailor those limits to, to, to you and to your process. And then on a regular basis, we can be continuously getting data from your operational systems about how much material is used, uh, how, how much uh, uh, in aggregate was used, how much it varies by day, et cetera. We can be sifting through that on a regular basis. And if we, a regular basis meaning could be done on an hourly basis, could be done on a daily basis or a monthly basis, whatever is really appropriate to you. So again, that can be configured 
to your needs as well. And this system, think of it as a sense and respond system. It is sensing when to reach the level where it's, it's a cause for concern or cause to raise an alarm. And when it reaches that threshold, uh, we can alarm based on that activity. So it doesn't. It can go into a dashboard, but can also be much more proactive than that. So dashboards can be more static. You know, it just updates the dashboard. But in this case, once we pass that threshold, we can also take very proactive action. It can send an alert to the appropriate person. It can shut down various systems or interconnect with other operating systems in order to have a uh, send alarms through them to various parties. This is something that can be customized to your particular operation, your particular need. So, so it's, it's much more active than a typical dashboard or report. It's actually involved with the process and can take that immediate action to respond to the situation. And the point is that it can, again, sensing this threshold violation, but it's also acting on it, responding to that. And in some cases, it can also kick off a, a workflow that might be managed by a person, and it can be created in a, in a case, uh, organized in a case through a case management system where someone actually has to work through that case. Maybe it's a fraud manager or this internal auditor that we talked about earlier. And they might have to check 10 different things and then uh, go through three or four steps to verify uh, that this is actually something that requires additional investigation. They may need to investigate and see if this is related to other similar patterns that are detected across the organization. So they can do that organization as well through this the case management workflow system that can be uh, aligned right alongside the alarming system. So this is, we're really talking about a sense and response system that goes all the way from the initial detection of these thresholds all the way through to resolution of, of the system. So it's much more proactive and, and involved than a typical dashboard or report might do. So you think it's important to get past, uh, you know, metrics being expressed, say, in red, yellow, and green, like they are often uh, in, in companies. That's more of a reactive type of situation that doesn't necessarily address the need to take action when something goes wrong? Yeah, well, we look at that as the first step. So, you know, an insight like that is, is interesting. But then the question is, you know, what now? Some of those things might not get worked as quickly or in as organized or systematic a fashion as if they were part of a standard workflow and standard case management system. Yeah. So, uh, so we look at any kind of analytic like that as a partial solution because it's really the trigger to say something needs to happen here. But we can go much further than that in terms of automating the response uh, and organizing the follow-up so that someone can uh, can actually take action on that. What's at stake here? Are we talking about millions of dollars that can be saved in, with good fraud management through analytics? I mean, is there a lot uh, a, a lot to be gained from uh, from from a more more proactive approach to this whole problem? Oh yeah, I say that there. It's in the billions, and it can be, you know, it could be critical for an individual organization to uh, take a proactive approach to this type of issue. If you think about a, a um, manufacturing company that is a public company and their reputation is on the line for a financial statement, some uh, fraudulent activity could have a significant impact on earnings or 
uh, their reporting standards, etc. So we're talking about large dollar volumes here, but also we're talking about brand reputation, the confidence in the company. I mean, it is really a significant risk to not only, you know, certainly public companies, but even private companies suffer those same issues when it comes to working with suppliers and and uh, the reputation of the company as a uh, a trusted partner within this whole value chain. Do you think companies are doing a particularly good job of this at the moment, or do you think there's a lot to be desired in the way that many companies approach the whole issue of fraud and the possibility of applying analytics to it? I think there's a lot of room to grow here. I would say that you know there's been significant advances on the data analytics front that allow us to monitor all the data and to do it in a a fast way that that makes it practical to take action on it. And um, uh, you know, most companies are are just now starting to explore that kind of guardrail for the system so that they can uh, they can be much more efficient at monitoring. Uh, fraudulent activity within the supply chain. But I, I see that, uh, you know, we're sort of evolving past just the efficiency of the supply chain and, and sort of the cost reduction, as we talked about earlier. Some of those steps actually make it potentially more uh, risky that fraudulent activity can happen. So, so now we're entering a wave where we're optimizing not only, uh, not just for cost, but for uh, for other factors. And I think fraud is one of those factors that's going to be on the, the leading edge of the next wave here. And yet not fully incorporated into supply chain risk management programs yet to the extent it might be. I don't think so. I mean, we don't we don't see that a lot. I think that there's a a uh, significant room to grow here. I mean, we're even outside the supply chain, the use of, of data analytics to to monitor and react on the data that's coming through the operational systems is really a, a new emerging tactic in, in analytics today. And, uh, and I think it's, it can be applied to supply chain. It can also be applied to compliance issues, you know, financial compliance issues. It can be applied in many different areas within an organization. So, so I think uh, within supply chain, it's, it's just like every other aspect of the business where it's a new approach. Um, and, you know, everyone in, uh, in, in all parts of the business is dealing with much greater data volumes than ever before, much more uh, disparate data, so it's coming from different sources. A lot of it's been done in, in Excel spreadsheets up to this point, and those processes are, are very brittle. So the, the ability to continuously monitor using an automated analytic platform to sift through that data, do the, do the heavy sifting for you and pop up the results is a, is a really new approach to things. Well, it sounds like there's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there for companies to improve their operations and reduce fraud through the use of analytics. Uh, John Joseph, I want to thank you so much for being with us today to explain the uh, situation and some possible steps forward. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. That was my conversation with John Joseph of LavaStorm. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch nearly 2,000 videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. 
See you next time.